This is HPR episode 1915 entitled 67 LibreOffice Impress Tables and is part of the series LibreOffice. It is hosted by Ahuka and is about 16 minutes long. The summary is Impress Tables and how to format them. This episode of HPR is brought to you by anhonesthost.com. Get 15% discount on all shared hosting with the offer code HPR15. That's HPR15. Better web hosting that's honest and fair at anhonesthost.com. This is Ahuka, welcoming you to Hacker Public Radio and another exciting episode in our ongoing series on LibreOffice Impress. And today I want to talk about tables. Uh, Now we have already looked at three of the four objects that are offered to you on a new slide. Charts, pictures, and movies. So it's kind of time to take a look at tables. Now, you do have some options here. You can embed a table from Calc or Writer. And there may be times where that makes sense, particularly if you have a reason to do object linking or embedding or the the data is already there in the form you need it. But most of the time, you can do what you need to do inside of Impress using its own functionality. Now, as we saw last time with charts, You can just click the button in the middle of a new slide and insert a table that way. But as we also saw with chart, there's, there are some limitations there. All right. If you insert a table, you lose the auto layout text box. If you put in some text, you lose the button to insert the table. Uh, So again, the alternative, you go to the insert menu and select table. And uh, whichever way you do it, a window is going to pop up. It's going to ask you to specify the number of rows and columns. Now, you can adjust this later, but it's a little more work. So if you already know how many rows and columns you're going to need, and, you know, that's not really rocket science to figure that one out, is it? Uh, Fill it in now. Save yourself some trouble. Now, this will insert a default table into your slide with the number of rows and columns you specified. But if you look at the sidebar on the right, you'll see that the Properties window has opened the Table Design section for you. Ooh, that looks interesting. Now, there's two sections to that Table Design. There are uh, basically kind of templates that you can see that have different colors. Um, And then under that, a series of checkboxes. So let's take a look at these checkboxes for a moment. Uh, First one, Header Row. Uh, And that usually is one of the two that's going to be checked by default when you create a new table. Uh, So when that is checked, the very first row has a different background from the rest of the table. Uh, Usually that means a darker color, but it's just something that's going to set it apart. Uh, Then total row. 
that's similar to header row, but instead of the first row, it's the last row. So now if your table had numerical data with totals at the bottom, checking that might be useful. It would help uh, emphasize the totals row a little bit. Uh, banded rows. Now this is like that old green and white computer paper. I'm assuming I'm not the only one old enough to remember that. Uh, it alternates the background from one row to the next to make it easier to read. Uh, first column makes the background darker on the first column. Last column makes the background darker on the last column. And then banded columns, like with banded rows, makes the columns alternate the background. Now, you, you would never use all six of these together. That would be a hideous monstrosity. Uh, but uh, I could imagine, for instance, selecting a design I like. Uh, so, for instance, I can uh, take a look at these, and the fourth one on the top is, is uh, turns out as turquoise. Uh, select that. Very nice color. Uh, and then, say, uh, header row, banded rows, and first column. Now, why would I do that? Well, you know, the header row is the header, and for a lot of tables, that first column is going to be row labels of some kind that uh, is going to make the data easier to understand or description or something. Um, so it, it can make sense to have both of those. And then, of course, banded rows just makes it easier to read. Now, once you have put it in there, if you select the table, and remember when we talk select, what we mean is you double-click on it to the, and then what you should see, and sometimes I've got to kind of click around to get this to work. Uh, I get a border around it and the eight handles. That means it's selected. Now at that point, the table toolbar should open for you. On my system, it docked at the bottom next to the drawing toolbar. But you can also click and drag it to the top or a side, or you could even have it as a floating toolbar if that's what you like. Now you can do a lot from this toolbar, so let's take a look at it. Remember that you can always read the name of the button by mousing over it and reading the pop-up. The buttons are table. Well, this lets you create a table on the current slide. If you click the button, you get the same dialog we already saw for choosing columns and rows, or you can click the drop-down on the right to get a graphical chooser that will draw the rows and columns, if that's how you like to do it. And you may be thinking, well, wait a minute, I thought I had to select the table to make this toolbar pop up. When you select the table, it will pop up, but you could just have it open anyway by going to View Toolbars and selecting it. So it, it's not useless. Uh, line style. Th that button controls the borders between cells and lets you select the style you want, like a solid line, dotted, dashed, and so on. And then line color, again for the borders of cells. Um, what color is that line going to be? And then borders. Uh, this lets you choose where you want the borders to go on cells. Um, now, mostly in tables we tend to see uh, a, a full grid you know, where all the cells are bordered on all four sides. But you can choose to say just on one or both sides, or just the top or just the bottom, or, you know, you've probably seen these things before, so you have a lot of options. Then, area style slash filling. 
<clears throat> that's two drop downs that are part of this. The first drop down lets you select from color, gradient, hatching, or bitmap. So you make a selection there. Then the second one lets you choose from the options available depending on what you chose the first time. So for instance, uh, if I choose color in the first drop down, the second one will show all of the different colors I can select. Now, wh why would that be interesting? Well, let's say I've got a color that has been applied to my table as a whole, but I want to emphasize one particular cell. Select the cell, use these uh, area style filling drop downs to give it a different background that's going to make it stand out. Merge cells. As you might expect, let you merge two cells into one. So you just select the two cells. Um, clicking and dragging is usually the most efficient way to do that that I have found. Then there's split cells. That lets you split a cell into two or more cells. Now, you have the option of splitting horizontally or vertically, but it is worded in a very confusing manner. When they say horizontal or vertical, what they're saying is, where do you want us to draw the divider? <laughs> so, if you selected horizontal, it would draw a horizontal line through the middle of the cell to divide it, or if you had it in three, it would draw two lines, whatever, uh, and then that would split it into the cells stacked on top of each other, and you say, wait a minute, I selected horizontal. Yeah, I, I know. It's just, to, maybe this makes perfect sense to everyone else in the world. To me, it seems very counterintuitive. Uh, it is what it is. So, now, now you know what to look for there. Then optimize. Now this is an interesting one. And I think it's worth getting to understand a little bit. This evenly distributes the selected cells, and it can be horizontal or vertical, uh, as the case may be. Uh, and to see what we're talking about here, let's, let's start with a, a cell that has more data that can be displayed. Now the cell will display part of it, but to see everything, you would need to make the cell bigger. This button will do that, but it will also make the rest of the cells you select expand equally to the one that needs to be expanded. So you select a group of cells, you click Optimize, and what's going to happen is it'll expand enough to display everything, but it'll expand all of those cells equally. Now, if you only select cells in a couple of rows or columns, only those will be changed. If you select the entire table, all of the cells of the table will change by the same amount, which I think results in a better display in most cases. Also note, this goes the other direction. All right? It will reduce cell sizes if the cells are larger than they need to be to display all of your data. Now, as a rule, I use the Optimize button only when I have first selected the entire table. Because I think the result is a lot better when all of the cells are the same size and it's symmetrical. Uh, to me, tables just look weird when I've got different row heights or different column widths all over the place. You know, your call, but the optimize button will, will help you to get everything even. Then we've got three buttons, top, center, and bottom. And here they're talking about where the data is 
in the vertical uh, thing of the cell. So is it in the top of the cell, centered in the cell, or on the bottom of the cell? Um, then four buttons, insert row, insert column, delete row, delete column. I like to think these buttons are self-explanatory. Then there's a button called table design. Doesn't do a damn thing. All right. The reason is the table design feature was moved to the sidebar. It's the thing we, we started talking about when we started talking about tables. Uh, and because it's there, it doesn't need to be on the table toolbar anymore. Uh, it probably will be removed in a future release. Then finally, table properties. This opens a window where you can choose the font, the font effects, the borders, and the background. Now, this affects the entire table, but the assumption here is that you want all the cells to be the same. Uh, you know, if you wanted to do something with individual cells, you could, for instance, change the background uh, using what we talked about previously, the area style filling, selecting cells and using those. You want to change the font, we'll talk about that in a moment. Uh, so the table properties, though, is, is for the whole table. Now, there's three buttons you cannot see on the toolbar, but you can reach them. And you reach them by right-clicking on a blank space on the toolbar, and in the pop-up, select Visible Buttons. In that list, you'll see all of the buttons we've already mentioned, plus three buttons you did not see. Now, you can add any or all of them from here by clicking on the button to add it to the toolbar. They are Select Table, and this lets you select the entire table with the border and eight handles. And it's a lot easier than clicking on the slide until you get it. I recommend adding it. Then the others are a little more optional. There's two of them, select column and select row. With your cursor in a cell, clicking on one of these buttons will select the entire row or column. Probably handy, but if you find too many buttons confusing, these are ones you can get along without. Uh, clicking and dragging, um, I find, is a very quick way to select a row or a column. It, it's just not that hard. Now, note that you can also remove a button by going to that visible buttons thing and clicking on a button you don't need. For example, the table design button is useless. So, remove it. <laughs> you know, don't need to take up space with that. Now, as we saw previously, the assumption Impress makes in your table when you select Table Properties is that all cells will be formatted identically and have the same properties. But suppose you want to make some cells different. Two cases that are similar come to mind. Frequently, the first row of a table is a header row, which is different, and the first column is frequently a description which is uh, frequently a little bit different as well. What if you wanted them to have, for instance, different fonts or alignment or what have you? A good example, when I do tables, I like to make my headers bolder, and I usually will center them, even if the rest of my table is flush left and standard weight. Well, to change the font or font weight for a header row, I could select the row, either by clicking and dragging or by using the select row button. Then I can right click and in the pop-up menu I can select character and then change the font. Make it bigger, make it bold, add font effects like underlining and so on. 
Then I can right-click again, but this time select Paragraph, and on the third tab, make the row centered. So, in, in this way, um, I can make individual changes to any cells or groups of cells within the table. And so with that, we've now completed uh, our look at all of those four objects that the default slide tells you you can put in, and we've seen how to put them in and what to do with them. So we're actually fairly close to wrapping up our look at Impress, but I think for next time what I'm going to do uh, is something we haven't talked about yet is animations, and that's also going to be a little bit of fun. And uh, so with that, uh, this is Ahuka for Hacker Public Radio signing off and reminding you, as always, to support free software. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by an HBR listener like yourself. If you ever thought of recording a podcast, then click on our contribute link to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club and is part of the binary revolution at binrev.com. If you have comments on today's show, please email the host directly, leave a comment on the website or record a follow-up episode yourself. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 3.0 license.